0: Join us, perhaps you, may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. New and vintage merch available at BumpShopBackroom.com BumpShopBackroom.com What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in again to another Bump Shop Diaries podcast. I will just let you know right now, this episode will maybe be a little bit shorter, maybe not. Just depends on how long this intro is. Literally sitting in my truck, full-on mic, headphones, laptop, recording this episode like an insane person. I look like probably whoever's in this building I'm next to believes, like, why is this FBI guy sitting in the front seat with the headphones on? Does he have the fucking window panes tapped? What is happening? What is happening? Um, Just been super busy with work, extracurricular activities. Some of you know I won that Ben Jeff frame uh, in his raffle. I picked that up, so now I've been tracking down parts for that. Let me just take a minute to talk about this frame. Ben Jeff is a fucking wizard, With the TIG torch and the machining capabilities. This frame is so fucking clean. I've been eating dinner every night right off the frame. No plate, nothing. I'll just fucking wet noodles, spaghetti right on the backbone, fucking slurping it off, dude. This thing is so fucking clean. It is absolutely a work of art. If you see him doing a raffle, get in on it. It's one of the funnest raffles there is on Instagram. It sells out instantly. It's 50 bucks, and it's only like 74 or 75 people, so your chances are super good. You know, the odds are super good. Uh, easily the funnest raffle on Instagram. Um, or just go to his website and just go buy one. I know one guy. We won't say his name. He's bought enough raffle tickets over the course of these raffles. He probably could have bought two frames. He could have bought the sporty frame and the big twin frame. What are you doing? You know who you are. Come on. But I do, I'll say this. I appreciate his dedication to trying and getting it. To trying and getting it, I don't know if that makes sense, from the raffle. So don't ever just go buy one. Definitely continue to play the raffle until you win uh you know house rules eventually you're gonna win so i hope you do we can be fucking twinning or whatever they say hashtag twinning or winning or fucking charlie sheen's tiger blood i don't know but yeah so i've been trying to track down parts for that um got a big twin evo uh dude tried to tell me it was a 96 clearly it's a bottom breather i think it's a 91 but harley davidson what are you doing Do you still think we are at war with the Germans? The numbers on the fucking crank... Are not the same as the VIN VIN numbers, like what seventeen numbers on the neck. But the crankcase, you just put ten of them and you kind of jumble them up. Now I gotta get on eBay and look for a fucking retired spies typewriter from 1943, so I can punch in the fucking numbers and letters, and then the inner workings that you can't see spit out like the real date code and what it's off of, dude. It's too it's too difficult to figure out. I know Lowbrow throttle addiction. They have like a decode the fucking numbers but it's more of a decode the vin number and like crankcase is just like i don't know talked to a guy at the shop and he was just like yeah i I gotta have more of the numbers i'm not figuring it out from also i don't think he wanted to figure it out but what what is going on there you know don't make it so fucking hard we're not at war with the germans anymore you can just put the whole vin on there just put the fucking date just put the date and what it's off of, just spell it out. Like, what are you, saving money? Is the bike cheaper because you didn't put these seven other fucking digits on it? No. Uh, well, then just do it, dude. Just fucking put it on there. Um, Got a t- ratchet-top transmission coming for it. Um, if you or anyone you know is running a girder front end and you are like, yeah, this guy makes them, or this company makes them, and you like them, fucking send that information my way. I need to know who's making a good girder front end. Thinking about running one, I would just like to get some recommendations on what is out there. I'm not setting stone on running a girder. I've always liked them. I thought it would be cool to do on this build. Um, so if you got one you're thinking of, or if you have one you want to sell, or a company you want to say, yeah, I fucking ran one of theirs, it was great, or it sucked, let me know that too. Just shoot me a DM with the fucking link to the website, or the Instagram, or whatever it is that you have. Um What else do we got? Oh, Christy, uh I think she's finished the design. I think the last version of it I saw was the finished one. If not, it was like, real close so uh you'll be hearing this on a wednesday i would say by that following friday like two days later we should have that new design up on the website bumpshopbackroom.com so check that out it's fucking incredibly dope she's super talented uh to me it's like she does it effortlessly like it just looks like it comes i know she like actually has to sit down and fucking figure out the shit but it's like damn that's fucking exactly what i was thinking how did you know you fucking pulled that out of my head now it's right here and we're gonna put it on a shirt and you can fucking buy it um if you've enjoyed these story episodes especially the last two i've i've really enjoyed the last one specifically because there was a lot of sound involved in it and really painting the picture with sounds Of what the fuck was going on in that setting the mood. I like doing that shit. It was fun. But if you've enjoyed it, let us fucking know. Um, You know, I looked at the analytics the other day. It's trending up. So that's good. People are listening. Share the shit. I don't really share the podcast. I, like, put out in the Instagram story. Or I'll make a video real quick. A reel. And be, like, new episodes out. But other than that, I don't really ever say it again. So, uh, share it with some people who might enjoy it, who are wrenching on something, who have to commute. Here's a little story for you. Uh, let us know if you're liking it. Uh, we're not only going to do these, but right now I'm doing them because it makes sense. Eventually when things calm down a little bit, we'll get back into some longer form, uh, podcast and all that. Um, I got just a short one for you today, because like I said, I'm in my truck. I need to fucking stop this, find what I did with the key, put the window down some more. It's getting hot in the cab of this motherfucker. Um, But yeah, we got the studio on the go in the Silverado. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this story is going to be called Last of the Badass Bikers by uh, a dude named, uh, they call him Tim. They call him Tim Martin. And uh, this was published in 1975. So, uh Bucket. Let's get into it. This one's not going to be super produced like the last one was, but uh, I just kind of wanted to, you know, I've been putting them out every other week. I wanted to stick with that. Didn't want to miss a week. Didn't want to let it go by a day. Wanted to get it out to you so you could fucking enjoy it, share it, send it to people who like it. I got a train fucking rolling by me right now. Uh, I wonder if you can hear it. If you can, cool. Whoa, what? There's like four cars on it. Somebody stole half of a train, I think. What the fuck was that all about? That was weird. Um, Alright, let's get into it. It's so strange, but appealing. Welcome to the bump shop diaries. Join us, perhaps you. May want to listen to a bump shop story. Pete "Badass" Maddox was a real crowd pleaser. He got the nickname from the badass way he used to ride his wheels. And there was no doubt about it. That dude really knew how to make a bike talk. The really funny thing about Pete was that he was actually a real down-to-earth type of guy. When he wasn't out trying to break his neck on his shovel head, he was just a filthy talking, beer drinking, pussy chasing son of a bitch. Yeah, he was about like all of us in that respect. But when all of us climbed aboard our bikes for a little action, Pete stood out like a turd in a punch bowl. He was the best. That's right. I said the best I've ever seen on a bike. Oh, sure, all of us like to get it on now and then. Sometimes when we've had enough brew, we even get the balls enough to push our luck a little. But with Pete, it was different. Whenever he kicked that toad over, you knew there was about to be lots of action. It's too bad the guy didn't have a sponsor. Then he could have called himself a daredevil and hauled in the bread. But I guess to Pete, It was all just fun. The excitement of a brush with death was how he got his cookies off. I'll never forget the first time I saw him on his scoop. It was Sunday afternoon and a bunch of us were out cruising down a long, straight stretch of road. We were just jamming along real easy-like when all of a sudden I started hearing something like a faint roaring sound. I thought one of those damn dog peckered gnats had climbed into my ears so I probed in there with my finger and came out with nothing but a goob of wax I shrugged it off and dumped the gearbox a notch higher but Christ the noise was still there except it was a lot louder now for a moment I thought I was tripping out but then he came ripping by some crazy dude on a shovel head blew us wide open the shockwave nearly rattled my brains out. Before I could blink and say shit, he was a dot on the horizon. Let's get him! I shouted as I crammed the panhead down into low and gave her all the meat she could handle. My front end sprang up, and the back tread was singing pretty to me as I started hauling balls down the blacktop. I'll catch that show off, bastard i thought as i leaned down and wrapped my ribs around the gas tank go you son of a bitch go i screamed and the wind ripped the words from my mouth tears were streaming from my eyes as the harley opened up its guts and barreled down the road at 120 plus all i could think was leave it open and catch that bastard i could barely hang on to the bars as the big bike blew around a series of small turns and crested a shallow hill that's when i saw the sharp right hander coming up there was nothing i could do but pour the cock tour and hang on that's all i remember i woke up in the local hospital My buddies told me it had been five days since I took my nosedive on the asphalt. My Harley? Wrapped around a tree like a pretzel. There wasn't very much skin left on the left side of my face and I felt like hell. A bit later I found out the asshole I couldn't catch was called Pete. I hated his guts for a long time after that but finally came to admire the guy as one badass biker. After I had seen Pete ride a few more times, I began to think that if he had wings on that sled, he could fly it. No one would even try some of the stunts he did, like the day we decided to mix it up in the hills. Now, there isn't a biker that doesn't know a big street machine isn't made for motocross. But somebody forgot to tell Pete. He was whipping his bike around the brush like a horny jackrabbit. Then when he had enough of that, he started looking for something to do that would wake him up. He found it. That crazy bastard was going to try a jump. He had found two hillsides about 50 feet apart separated by a deep crevice that looked like a good place to splatter his brains out. It didn't take long for a crowd to gather. Everybody loves a little blood. I just knew that he was going to kiss it off that day. But he didn't look a bit worried as he booted the gearbox down into first and kicked it in the ass. It was one of the most bitching things I've ever seen. His back meat finally managed to get enough bite on the dirt and he began to pick up speed. When Pete hit the edge of the cliff, his form was beautiful. He jerked the front tire up just enough when he left the ground, but when he started coming down on the other side, I thought I was going to shit my drawers. It looked short. His front tire came across all right, but his back tire hit short. It didn't even make the hair on his neck stand up. He just rode that bitch out. The whole bike flew off the ground when he hit, and he brought it back down as easy as you please. A few awes and a couple shits circulated through the crowd. When he didn't even bother to look back but kept right on moving, I thought the whole thing showed real class. I suppose Pete could have kept on riding forever the way he did. He was undoubtedly the luckiest bastard I'd ever seen. In no time, he became Mr. Badass to all us bikers, kind of like our own personal hero. He was always out running the fuzz, going down Main Street at 100+, and nearly running over the mayor. He could do the best high-speed wheelies I've ever seen. For a short while, he was considered to be the man in our burg. That's right. For a short while Pete's glory was short lived One Friday a new biker came jamming through town He was astride one of those friggin Jap machines Oh it was fine looking bike And it looked like the thing would eat you alive If you got too close to it You could tell the dude riding it knew his shit But that didn't change anything it was still a friggin' Jap bite. When he brought it up beside us and goosed the throttle, one of my guys ran out and pissed on his tire. <laughs> Everyone had a good laugh. That was until he really got on that beast and left rubber all over the damn place. The guy who had pissed on his tire was still standing there with his the pecker in his hand and his jaw hanging open. The exhaust from the JAP machine had sent a spray of piss all over everyone. It didn't take long for the two of them to meet. It had to happen. There just couldn't be two badass bikers in town. After a short, cut-down session, they decided to go it for pinks. This wasn't going to be any type of quarter-mile shit. The course was laid out this was really going to be some heavy action, and everyone had his favorite. Myself, I wanted to see Pete win. Both Pete and the new guy were in their glory with such a big audience. When the two of them rolled up to the line, the betting was heavy. Last-minute money changed hands, and last-minute adjustments to the bikes were made. When the flag came down, tires screamed, and engines poured their power to the pavement. The guy next to me cut a small fart as the two of them rushed into the first corner. Leaning deep into the turn, their foot pegs left long, dark lines on the road. They worked their way up through the gears and were neck and neck out of the first turn. The hog's handling was a hair better in the next turn, and Pete took advantage of it while the Jap bike lost on the turns it came on strong in the straights. Both riders were really hanging in there. They were taking 35 mile an hour corners at 85, pouring it on up to 120 on the open road. I almost pissed my pants watching them. I bet you're wondering who won the race. Well, I'm afraid I can't help you there, friend. What a bummer. What a friggin' bummer. The two of them had just come out of a hairpin and were accelerating to the line. I don't think either one of them ever saw the little old lady that pulled the left turn right in front of them. No? We never found out who might have won the race. But there is one thing I can tell you. Our burg can sure use another badass biker. New and vintage merch available at BubShopBackRoom.com BubShopBackRoom.com